there is no worship. Without his presence, there is no praise. Without his presence, there is no performance. But we are glad to know that today, God will perform because his presence is here. Hallelujah. You are all welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bring you greetings from Apostle A.T.B. Williams and Reverend Omar Williams. They send their love and they say God is doing great and mighty things in the land of Abuja. So they appreciate your prayers and your prayers should be ongoing until you see them here in our midst. Hallelujah. We all know that we are in a prophetic season and Apostle have been admonishing us in this house about the prophetic. And the reason why we are still on this season is because God wants to see myself or yourself manifest. I don't know how many of us have been seeking the Lord about the nine gifts of the Spirit. I don't know which one you desire. Our eager desire should not die down. Our eager desire should not grow cold. The Bible says we should follow the way of love. And according to 1 Corinthians 14.1, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So if your desire has grown cold, today I'm here to wake you up. Today I'm here to remind you that you don't stop until you see the gift manifested in your life. If there's so much things that apostle really wants to accomplish, it's the fact that each one of us will take our position. When I look at the man of God that said he has spent so much, he has invested so much in us, and we want his work to be productive. We want his work to be fulfilled. We want his work to be fruitful. We want to see the evidence of how he has released himself over us when we manifest. According to the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 19, it says the whole world, the whole creation is eagerly awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God on earth. God is waiting for myself and yourself to manifest. But the gift has to be in operation so that we all shall profit from one another. The gift has been given for the common good. So that myself and yourself will be admonished, myself and yourself will be edified. We all know the purpose of prophecy is to edify, is to strengthen, and also to comfort the church. So if none of those gifting are manifested, the church will not be strengthened. The church will not be edified, and the church will not be comforted. So each one of us needs to really be on board to seek the law for the gift and if you have the gift but fear of operating in the gift have kicked in today fear is gone faith have been released so that we can operate in the gifts not for your own good but for the good of others if we don't manifest we are depriving others from benefiting from the gifts but that's not my message this morning just to it's just to wake us up that we do not have to stop seeking the lord until we operate and even if you have received the gift god is now waiting for you to stand up and be bold and operate in the gifts but this morning prior to the time that the holy ghost convention was started i was seeking the lord and one of the things that the lord impressed in my mind and was a burden to me was the fact that many christians they go through hit and miss they live their life through hit and miss 
trial and error. And God is not happy about it. It also frustrates the life of the Christians because in, if we look back in history days, during the Old Testament and the New Testament, in the Old Testament, those who were closer to God or they were in God's presence, and God revealed himself to them. God speaks to them. You hear God's audible voice. So life with God was a time of refreshing. They loved being in God's presence. And when we move into the new, in the early church, that was when the Holy Ghost came upon men and women. And they began to operate in the gift of the Spirit. So the church was strengthened. No one went through hit and miss. No one lived their life through trials and error. They heard God's voice. They were in the very presence of God. They were led by the Spirit. According to the book of Romans, he said, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. God wants us to be led by the Spirit. God is tired of us just living our life. If this doesn't work, let me try another method. That's not the way we will enjoy Christ. That's not the way, that's not the essence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us into all truth so that we will not be confused all our life. So that we will not live a life of hit and miss. So the Lord just laid on my mind that if only at every given time we can receive prophetic direction and instruction, it makes life easier. I mean, a lot of us have gone out of the course of the week. Maybe some of us are looking for a job. And we have completed several applications. It's even countless. Some people have even fed up. They've not even, they've stopped counting. Because they have completed hundreds. But if we receive a prophetic direction or instruction, say that apply in this organization or in this company, and that is where your job will come from. It makes life easier. So you don't need to complete hundreds of applications. Also, you are looking for, the, for a husband or you're looking for a wife. You want to know who is your husband, who is your wife. You don't have to tr- engage in this one, that one, and several before you now finally found the, your, your own choice. God wants to give us prophetic direction and prophet, or prophetic instruction. And when we were going through the series of the kings, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, I saw this in operation. How some kings receive prophetic direction or how some characters in the scriptures receive prophetic instructions. And they were able to use those instructions and God was able to make way for them. So this morning, briefly, I'll be sharing with us what I titled prophetic instruction or direction. Prophetic instruction or direction. And when I was waiting upon the Lord, I was just asking God, what does it mean? What does prophetic instruction mean? And this is what the Lord lays on my spirit. Prophetic instruction is a specific word given or action to be taken to remedy an impossible situation, disaster, or bring about a remarkable outcome. I will read that again. Prophetic instruction or direction 
is a specific word given or action to be taken to remedy an impossible situation, disaster, or bring about a remarkable outcome. So anywhere through the scriptures, whether from from Genesis to Revelation, when you come across anywhere that God gave instruction, prophetic instruction, it could either be a specific word or an action that needs to be taking place to remedy an impossible situation or disaster or to bring about a remarkable outcome. Anything outside this is nothing. So we are going to be looking at some case studies and see how men like yourself or women like yourself receive prophetic direction from God or instruction from God and those who have obeyed obeyed, have received remarkable outcome or a disaster has been averted in their lives. In 1 Kings chapter 17, from verse 1, and I read down to 6. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word. I pray that we will be bold to declare the word of the Lord. This man did not receive from God. He didn't say God told him, but said, at my word. At my word. There will be neither dew nor rain. He knew the authority he had in God. And every one of us here, as long as the Spirit of God is indwelling within you, you are no longer yourself, but you are the God. God that lives in the inside of you is the one that is declaring the word. And when you begin to declare the word boldly, God will begin to fulfill that which you have predicted. And it says in verse 2, Then the word of the Lord, it's after he declared the word of the Lord that the word of God now came to him. Many a times we have this prophetic prompting in our spirits to declare God's word. And that's where Apostle was ministering to us about prophetic declaration. We have the prompting in our spirit to declare the word of the Lord. It could just be a scripture in in the Bible that God wants to declare over a situation. And when you begin to declare it by faith, and you believe it, then the word of the Lord will now come to you. Then you will now begin to receive prophetic utterances that you are no one, you are not going to be the one in control. Because when it comes to utterances, you are not the one in control. The Holy Spirit is the one that is bringing it out from you. But declaration, it, you are in control of it. So we can see declaration and utterances being in the scene of these scriptures, of this text. He said, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Live here, and this is instruction, verse 3. Live here, turn eastward. So it was specific. And hide in the Kirith ravens, specific. East of the Jordan, specific. You will drink from the brook, and I have... Directed the ravens to supply you with food there. 
So he did what the Lord has said, I've told him. He went to the curate ravens east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. Remember, this was the man who said there will be neither dew nor rain. So he was in the same city where the word of the Lord was being proclaimed. So as a matter of fact, if other people are going through drought, he too will be involved. But because he has declared the word of the Lord boldly, God now spoke to him. But he spoke to him specifically. He did not tell him to go west. He told him to go to east. He told him to go to the curate ravens. There was a specific place that he was instructed to go. Prophetic instruction. And thank God he obeyed. He did exactly. He did not go by the seaside, but he went to the brook. He obeyed. Let's look at another case study. Second Kings chapter 5 from verse 9. So Naaman went with his horses. We all know about this story. This was a man, a commander of Aram, who was leprous. So the king of leprous sent him to the king of Israel. That there was, he heard that there's a place in Israel that he can receive his healing. He went there to the king. But the king was so furious that I don't have the power to heal. Until Elisha now heard the voice, he heard that, oh, this man was, went to the wrong place. Now he sent for him to come over. Now, he was now with Naaman. He says, so Naaman went with the horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a message to say to him, go, now prophetic instruction. Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be healed or be cleansed. The instruction was, go. Don't stay by the door. Don't stay by the house of Elijah, just waiting. Go. But where should I go? And he said, go, wash yourself. While you go... Don't just stand still. You need to wash yourself. Wash yourself where? In the Jordan River. Verse 11. But what happened to this man? Full of pride. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. How often do we make assumptions for God? How often do we think that God always has a specific way of doing things? There are many stories we have heard how people will come to Apostle for a problem and they will expect Apostle to pray a long prayer and he will just say, Go, it is well with you, you are healed or you've gotten the job. And some of us, thank God, some people can take the word and say, Apostle said, I've gotten the job. But some people said, no, I thought they, told, they said this man is a man of God. How could he just say I should go? And they will not act upon the word. They will not receive the word by faith. This was a man who already had premeditated how his healing will take place. That I cannot go come all the way from Aram. All the way. 
to, from Aram to Israel. And just for this man, I didn't even see the man. He just sent me a message. I should go. Go to the Jordan River and dip yourself there seven times. Well, look at exactly what he said. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hands over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. And verse 12 says, I'm not Abana. And Farpa, the river of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. <laughs> Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. A rage. So when it comes to prophetic instruction, or when it comes to prophetic, you need to lose your own intelligence, your human intelligence. This man was full, so full of intelligence that he has to pick and choose which river. Maybe the river of Jordan was muddy. Maybe it wasn't the fanciful of all rivers. And the rivers that he has mentioned can be closer by or clean. We cannot make assumptions for God. This man made assumptions for God. But thank God that he had someone who had the eye of faith, who can see. Verse 13 says, Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great things, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So you obeyed. May we have good friends around us. May we have godly people who are filled with the Spirit, full of wisdom and knowledge, who have the eye of faith. May we see them around us. May they be our companion. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. If it were someone, they would say seven times. Why should it be seven times? It should just be one. Prophetic instructions is a specific word. That means you have to do it to the letter. You cannot break. You cannot even say, let me just do it partially. It's either you do it or you don't. It's either you obey fully or you don't. It's not a partial obedience. Seven times as a man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young man. Let's look at another one. We are going to learn some things in all of this. Second Kings chapter 13. And I read verse 14. Now Elisha has been suffering from the illness from which he died. Joash, king of Israel, went down to him to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried. The chariots and horsemen of Israel... Elijah said, get a bow, even though this man was sick, and sick unto death, but the power was still at work in him. And that's to tell us how awesome our God is, and how great, and the ability that God has placed in the inside of you, that even while you are sick, and you are weak, you can still operate in the power. 
How many of us give excuses when we are sick, we are not coming to church? Oh, when I'm sick, I cannot do the assignment that God has assigned to me. This man was on his dying bed. Very soon he will be dying. I mean, the sickness is on to death. But the gift was still in operation. So it's up to you to make yourself accessible for God to use. You cannot afford to give excuses for God. Because God will not keep the gift on hold while you are sick or while you are dying. Until your deathbed, you should still serve God. This man was ministering to God until death. Was still serving God until death. Some of us could eat in the morning. Our sickness did not take the food out of our mouth. Some of us can even still go to work in our sicknesses. But to come to church will be given excuses to God. I am sick. I have cold. I have flu. Where else can you get healing if not the house of God? Have you so much restricted your God to the extent that God cannot heal you in the house? So we can say that it's not really the sickness, it's a matter of laziness. It's a matter of complacency. It's a matter of us treating God with content. So this man, he was dead, he was dying, but he still had the power to minister to the Lord and to use his gifts. So he told this king, Joash, in verse 15, Elijah said, get a bow and some arrows, and he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, these are prophetic instructions. When he has taken it, Elijah put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east windows, he said, and he opened it. Shoot! And if you look at that shoot, it comes with an exclamation mark. This was a man dying. He still had the strength to shout aloud. Shoot! Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory. The arrow of victory over Aaron. So that was the, that was the interpretation of the action that he took. Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Afik. Then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. Hmm. Verse 19. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Now, there was no instruction given to as, as many times you should struck, strike the ground. But this man knew that he was not supposed to strike, it, to strike it once. He struck it three times. But the man of God said, maybe at that time, this king must have had a prompting, let me strike it more. But he restricted himself. So he struck it three times. So the man of God became hungry. And he said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, only two to go. It would have been a completed victory for him, but he missed it. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. 
But now, you will defeat it only three times. And that actually happened. We moved down to 25. Then Joash, son of Joahazi, recaptured from Ben-Adad, son of Isaiah, the town he has taken in battle from his father Joazit three times. And Joash defeated him, and so he recovered the Israelite town. So, in other words, he only gained victory three times because the enemy reattacked again. But if he had done it five times or six times, he would have completed, completely alienated that, the enemy, and they would no longer come back to attack. How much instruction, prophetic instruction we are talking about, how we should give heed to it. Let's look at another scenario. Exodus chapter 17, from verse 5. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile. And go. Prophetic instruction. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. Hallelujah. And he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? So the instruction was, take the rod and struck. And he did. He obeyed. So water gushed out of the rock. Thank God for that. But in another scenario, the same instruction or similar instruction was given to Moses in Numbers 20. And I read from verse 7. And the Lord said to Moses, take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock. Did the the Lord say you should strike the rock? No, said speak. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will be poured out and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock by the community, so they and their livestock can drink. So the Moses so Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff. In anger, water gushed out. And the community and their livestock, livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the, of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. So this man was used to striking rock. But God gave him a different instruction a prophetic instruction this time 
Maybe he was not listening at the time. Maybe because of the, the Israelites have grieved him and they have really pushed him to the wall. So he wasn't paying attention to the instruction of the Lord. And he went and did opposite. God said, speak to the rock. And this costed him his destiny. How many times do we think that God has a rigid way of doing things? We know that our God is a rigid God. But his ways find passing out. Uh, passing out. The way his ways find finding, he pass finding out. Because his ways are infinite. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can't think for God. If God gave you a, a different method of applying for a job this time, it can be a different way he's going to do it next time. If it's a way, if God gives you a way of you administering maybe your, your possessions to others or the way you run your business, it can be a different method he's going to use another time. So we cannot put God in a box. God has different ways of administering his own service through a man. Let's look at the New Testament. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, prophetic instruction. Jesus speaking, do not leave Jerusalem, that's instruction, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So God Jesus now told the, 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 his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait in Jerusalem. The instruction was, wait in Jerusalem. Don't go to Samaria, but wait in Jerusalem. And the Bible says in verse 5, For John baptized with, the water, with water, but in few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 12, after Jesus have ascended up to heaven. In verse 12, it says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were praying. And that is, they went back to Jerusalem as instructed. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Avius, and Simon the Zealous, and Judas, the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This was the promise given to them in expectation of the Holy Spirit that was about to descend upon the church. But the instruction prior to the manifestation of the Spirit was for them to wait in Jerusalem. And how long did they wait for? They waited for 50 days. But they did not just wait and cross their hand. The Bible says they went upstairs to the upper room. And they meet constantly. Praying. Praying for what? Praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit. If they, are, if they have shifted in the manifestation or in the instruction given, they will not have received the Holy Spirit. If today they come to church and tomorrow they did not, they will not have received the Holy Spirit. Perhaps maybe the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts chapter 2 will not have been recorded. But they obeyed and they kept to the instruction. 
and in verse Isaiah, no, Acts chapter 13, and I'll read from verse 1 to 2. Now in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Nigel, Lucia of Cyrene, Manes who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Paul, or Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So they received a specific instruction of who to set apart. They could have chosen, maybe at that time, Matthew, Bartholomew, or they must have chosen Judas, another Judas. But the specific instruction was, set apart for me, Paul, or Saul, and Barnabas. They received that instruction. Acts chapter 18, verse 9 to 11. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Prior to this, Paul was in the land of Corinth. And he was preaching the gospel to the Jews. But the Jews at the time, they started abusing him. Raining abuse upon him. And the world was not having a free course in the life of the people. So he was angry. And he came out of the synagogue, went next door to the house of a Greek. And he started ministering to the Greek. And... God must have sensed that he has started becoming discouraged. And so that's when God appeared unto him. He said, one night the Lord appeared to him in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Destruction was, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack you or harm you because I have many people in this city. In other words, do not leave this city. Do not be discouraged to move on to another city because there are still so many souls that are waiting to be saved in this city. So do not be afraid. You will not be harmed. You will not be destroyed because I am with you. That's the instruction. And verse 11, so Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half teaching them the word of the lord now we've had so many case studies about people who received specific instruction from the lord some obeyed some did not some through divine intervention they were able to obey the common thing about them and these are the things that god wants us to do because as children of god we need to be sensitive to the holy spirit the holy spirit will always guide his own because those who are led by the spirit will be, will be those who are led by the spirit are the children of god children of god are always led by the spirit they just don't do things of their own natural instincts they do things as they are being moved by the spirit of god but to receive prophetic instruction what are the things that are common to all these people that we have read one they believe in god they believe in god who spoke the prophecy or who this prophecies was spoken through they believe in god the bible says in the book of second chronicles chapter 20 verse 20 believe in god and you'll be established 
and believe in his prophet and you will prosper. These people first and foremost, they believe in the God that speaks. So for us to receive prophetic instruction, we should know that it is from God. And that is why the Bible says in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, from verse 19 to 20, it says, Do not quench the spirit and do not treat prophecy with contempt. When prophecy comes, don't just say, oh, well, that is him. He's just speaking out of his senses. Oh, maybe God is not speaking. It's because you are treating prophecy with content. And if you treat prophecy with content, you will not benefit from it. The blessing that comes from the prophecy, you will not be a partaker of it. So the first thing we must do is that we must have faith in God. We must believe God, that God speaks his word, and God is not a man that should lie, neither the son of man that should change his mind. If he says with two words in anything, he's going to do it. His word is forever established. The second thing is that we should have absolute trust in the person that speaks the word. That is absolute trust or absolute faith in the prophet. Said so when you believe in the prophet, you will prosper. The scripture also says that if you believe in the prophet or receive the prophet in the name of the prophet, you will receive the prophet's reward. Now all these kings, all these prophets, they have spoken. Elisha has spoken. The man of God has spoken. And they believe in it. And when you believe in it, you will prosper. Another thing that is common to them is obedience. If they do not obey the instruction of the man of God, or did not obey the instruction of the sent one that God has spoken, then they will not receive the benefits. Another thing that you must know is humility. We remember Naaman. Naaman was full of himself. Naaman has a preconception of how God should think or how his healing should come about. And he wanted to turn away. If he are turned away, he will still be leprous. If he are turned away, there will not be an account of him, his healing being restored. If he are turned away, the glory would have been that he has not received any miracle at all. So humility, we need to lose our pride when it comes to prophetic instruction. Whether the prophetic instruction comes from the Holy Spirit through us or through another person. If an apostle comes to you and ministers to you that this is what God says he will do, you have to believe him. You have to believe the God that speaks through him. And you need to believe him. And you need to obey the instruction that he has given you. So obedience has to be an action that you need to take. And you need to humble yourself and not be full of pride. Another thing we should have is we should, not have an, a, we should have a non-analytical mind. You know, a lot of us have, we know how to analyze things. Oh, how can, how can the word of God come to me like this? When he said there shall be no dew nor, nor rain except by my words. How can there be no dew or rain in three years? It's impossible. Because we have an analytical, an, an, a non, we have an analytical mind. God wants us to have a non-analytical mind, which means that we should lose our intelligence, our human intelligence. Our human intelligence should not kick in when it comes to prophetic declaration. We should not use our human reasoning to analyze how God is going to come about His word. God's word will forever stand. 
God's word will surely come to pass. Only if we can take him at his word. Because God never lies. God's word is, is it has proven times without number that it has come to pass. Even in the sight, in the face of impossibility, God's word will surely come to pass. So we need to believe God's word. We need to take his instruction. What is the instruction that God has given to some of us today? Some of us may be having matrimonial issues. And God wants you to apply this these all these points god wants you to humble yourself if you are a man and you are just your wife is always angry all the time anger full of anger furious all the time what can you do what is the prophetic unction or the prophetic instruction god given you to remedy the situation it could just be simple buy her a flower it can just be take her on a date it can just be just having a discussion. One of the breakdown in matrimony today could be lack of communication. It could just be, dear, we are going to talk today. And you just want your wife to express herself. The reason why she has been boiling or keeping to herself could be just a little thing. It's a matter of communication. That could be a prophetic instruction for you. And if it's vice versa, if it's a husband, maybe the wife is not doing his own, her own obligations. Maybe you, you don't cook when you are supposed to cook. You are always saying you are tired all the time. And God is saying that only if you, I know you are tired from work, but God, your grace, my grace, is sufficient for you. You can be strong. I will give you the strength. Just cook for your husband. Maybe for weeks. You have not even cooked. You have been eating out. You have been ordering. But God is saying, your husband, the reason why he's so fresh and so furious is the fact that he wants to eat your own meal. And the day that you cook your meal, all tension is over. What is the prophetic instruction God has given to you? Maybe some of you have been applying for jobs. And your jobs is not forthcoming. And God has been impressing in your heart that you need to go to one organization and just submit your CV. And maybe in time past you have submitted your CV and nothing came out of it. But this is the instruction God has given you. It has impressed it in your heart. You are like, you are just keeping it to aside. But the moment you now go into that, to that organization, drop your CV, guess what? Within two hours, they viewed your CV and they have called you. So God is saying, he wants to speak to my own. But how many of my own will pay attention? How many of my own will humble my, themselves before me? How many of my own will know that I am the one speaking? How many of my own will act upon the word in obedience? How many of my own will not just, they will lose their own human reasoning and just don't think for me. Let me think for you. So there are so many instructions that God wants to pass on to us. Maybe some of you, it could be just you want to lose weight. And God is saying that only if you can just don't use the oil that you buy, the only oil that you buy, they are fatty thing. Start using olive oil. And you are saying olive oil is so expensive. And God is saying just use the olive oil. Use the olive oil. 
but you are like, how can I use the olive oil? Oil is oil. What makes olive oil different? But if you act upon that obedience, you begin to see some changes. It could just be that 30 minutes of exercise every single day. Maybe you've been taking bus from one point to another and God said that, look, from now on, walk home. Prophetic instruction. It doesn't have to be that, thus saith the Lord. Do this. Do that. Or there is a shaking in the heavens. Or rain fell. Or something, you know, mysterious happened. It can just be simple as that. Start walking. It will take you about 40 minutes to get home, yes, but walking. When you start to walk and you obey that for maybe three months or six months, you will begin to see changes. We are talking about prophetic instruction that will bring about a remarkable outcome. Prophetic instruction. So what is the prophetic instruction God is giving you today? Maybe some of you, you are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. And the prophetic instruction is that, come to the house. Maybe you, you are living far, and you cannot afford to come to this house every single day. But God says, every Wednesday, meet with me, 7 to 8. Every Wednesday, unfailingly. And pray for others. Don't pray about your situation. Pray for others. But when it comes to your own situation, when you go home, just thank me. But pray for others. Remember to pray for people who are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Remember you are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. But God is saying, put your own problem aside. But pray for others. After you have done the seven instructions, I'm talking about prophetic instruction. After you have joined others in one hour of, the instru- of seven to eight, come to the altar after that. And just pray for about ten minutes. And pray for those who are trusting the Lord for the fruit of the womb. Prophetic instruction. You do that one year consistently. When we talk about prophetic instruction, it has to be consistent. We have seen it among the case studies that we've studied. Constantly, the disciples and the women, they joined in the upper room and they were praying constantly for 15 days. For 50 days. 50 days. So if you come constantly to this house, one year nothing happened. Don't allow the enemy to discourage you and say that maybe you did not receive the instruction in the first place. Maybe it is my flesh. Maybe I'm the one just speaking or the one just thinking. Two years nothing happened. And it could just be on the third year because you have been doing consistently, God will now show up. I had testimony. I knew of someone, a couple. Who, have been, who were trusting the Lord for the fruit of the womb. And in those days, it is uh, the, the uh, first building in Idati Road that we had. They would go there to the basement to pray. I mean, they were the only one who would go there to pray one day of the week. Constantly, constantly. They would pray for the church, pray for everyone. And guess what? Today, they are a family of four. So we are talking about prophetic instruction. What is the prophetic instruction God has been giving you? I know each one of us have an instruction given by the Lord. How much of it have we obeyed? How much of it are we constantly still operating in? Maybe some of you is like, 
put about 10 pounds or 20 pounds of your money of your salary every month and be given find someone in the church that you can bless i mean this is a general instruction that has been given to every one of us anyway to do it but maybe specifically your own family god said put about 20 pounds aside and bless someone in the church someone that you know that is desperately in need and you are doing it constantly that is a prophetic instruction the day that God is going to meet you at your own point of need, you'll be shocked. I've never seen someone who do that and go hungry. I've never seen anyone who do that and devour a setting. Even at the time that devourer is supposed to set in or they are supposed to, be, to, be, to beg for food, they never did. Because they have hold on to God's principle. So I don't know the instruction God has given to you. Or the instruction that you are about to receive in this week. Because I believe that God will watch it over his word to perform it. Every word that you hear on this altar, God will test you with it. And so I want us to be open to the Lord. I want us not to discard the word of God. Because God says when he sent his word, his word never returned to him void. We've seen it from all the scenarios that we have we've read through. And we found out that God always comes true. So our desire this very hour is that God, you will speak to us. We will believe in you. We will believe in self. And we we'll also believe in the set man or the set woman or any vessel that God is using. And we will be obedient. We will be humble. We will not use our analytical mind. We will not use our human reasoning to cipher the things of God. It doesn't go. It doesn't work well like that. You cannot be so much intelligent than God. So let's allow God to be God. Put God in his place and we take our own position. Amen. Shall we rise this morning?